What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 601 of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast Hot Tags of the Week, where we are going to be breaking down all the current events and rumors and news and gossip and different things that happen in the world of pro wrestling this week that we feel like talking about. I am your host as always, Tony Mango, and joining me as always are Kellen Wiggins. Hello there. And Robert E. Felice. I'm back. I put the one in 601, baby. You're back and better than ever. I According am. to Eric Bischoff's theme, at least. So, we got a lot to talk about this week. And as per usual, we want to remind you that we want to know what you have to say about all these things. So, be chiming in with your thoughts in the comment section below on YouTube. And if you are listening elsewhere, then, of course, leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. Or hop on over to the page on smartcatmoment.com or tweet us at, you know... Smartcat Moment, at Tony Mango, at Wigmeister14, at Dude Felice. If you are on YouTube, though, make sure that you also hit that like button on this and the share button. Pass this around. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. If you haven't already, double check that, then look up. And, well, not look up, you know, just in real life, but look up on your screen. If you do look up in real life, I don't know if you're going to find that there, but... There's also that little notification bell. Ring that alert. Get your uh, email certs, certs, <laughs> alerts set up for all when we go live for different things, you know, potentially live hot tags editions in the future. It was brought up, uh, you know, hey, do another mailbag um, recently. So, you know, we do one of those. And of course, we do the pay-per-view points live. So, you know, make sure that you are all set up for that. And also click on the join button that's next to the subscribe button and get access to the same things as the Patreon, patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. We got the dark cast, you got the pick your poison tier, and even just a buck a month goes a long way in helping us, you know, just keep the lights on and keep the morale up and all. Same thing as that little thanks button that you can see on there. It's kind of like the super chats if you're not able to join the live chats and all. Redbubble and Public is where you can find the merchandise options and... That's all the plugs I feel like doing right now. So let's get into some of the hot tags of this week. Start off with the positive one, one that we usually don't have too, too much to say, but we've been in baby fever apparently lately. And Jesse McKay, Billy Kay from WWE is also pregnant. So congratulations to Billy Kay. And uh, I think she had posted that December is the, the due date right now. So that's awesome. And uh, I don't think that there's any other engagements or weddings or uh baby announcements or anything for this week i'm not missing any right <laughs> did we get bliss being pregnant that was then we got her last that week might have or... been the day that i left i don't remember but she's also pregnant congrats to her about that last week yeah yeah um that also explains why only peyton royce is returning to the ring in australia yep this year that makes a lot more sense now right yeah so <laughs> good for her good for her her guy, I don't know uh, yeah, if it's her man. husband or, you know, she married or, uh, married, eh, I don't yeah, know. It doesn't really matter. It's not like, you know, yeah. we need to pry in their personal lives. <laughs> but um, Congrats to Jesse McKay. And then, unfortunately, we have to talk about a, an unfortunate passing. And this is something that, you know, I figured we've got the normal hot tags and we could do, you know, we're going to talk about uh, New Japan's Dominion and all. But I figured let's do kind of an impromptu bonus main event. So over the past few days, we had lost one of the big iconic characters in pro wrestling history. The iron Sheik passed away. He 
may have been 81 years old. Some reports say he may have been 80, may have been 84, that his age wasn't something that they were really 100% aware of. But Iron Sheik, of course, uh, you know, a massive, massive part in pro wrestling history. He is the guy that passed the torch to Hulk Hogan and, you know, one of these super entertaining characters that kind of transcends wrestling in some ways. You know, I mean, they're obviously he wasn't like doing a bunch of movies and everything like the rock and all, but he's a guy that a lot of people were continuing to be fans of after he had stepped out of the ring. And we normally on the hot tags when somebody passes away, just kind of, you know, condolences to the friends and family and fans and talk about the moments of their career that we have that stand out and all. We will talk about that, but we're also going to do a one more match for Iron Sheik because that, that could be a fun little discussion. So first off, Iron Sheik passing in general, the moments, the you know contributions. What do you guys want to toss out there? I mean, one of the wrestlers that I think really popularized life after wrestling and the shoot interview medium with the funny. Stuff that he did with like RF video and YouTube commentaries. He really was a, a character. And obviously, even though it wasn't him tweeting, the Twitter made him a parody of himself, but it also made him more endearing. Because you could just look up and he'd tweet, you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody except fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I love that that became just like. It's going to be decades worth of except Hulk Hogan. Fuck you, Hulk Hogan. And all. Happy New Year's to everybody except that jabroni Hulk Hogan. And all. Yeah, and I think he will be missed. And he's, he really was such a part of the rock and wrestling era and that original boom of wrestling. So you know, RIP and condolences to everybody. Everybody really felt this one. Yeah, it's hard to really, I guess, in my position to put too much stock on his in-ring work because I didn't really watch a huge amount of his stuff. And by the time that I did come back to watching like like early WrestleManias, by that point, Sheik was already, I would say, like on his last legs. But he was definitely like the peak of his career was during the the late seventies, eighties, in terms of an in-ring performer. And then he becomes WWE champion in 1983, but he's purely a transitional guy to go from Bob Backlund to Hulk Hogan. But it's an important role to play. He's the guy that launches Hulk Hogan into Hulkamania. So so he, he has to take credit for that, even though he, probably, he spent the rest of his uh, his Twitter life uh, bashing Hulk Hogan for it. <laughs> um, yeah, Hall of Famer, definitely like a great personality and character. I feel people might forget like him coming back because um like the sultan briefly and yeah stuff along those lines so winning the battle royal the gimmick battle royal partially because he wasn't able to take the bump over the top rope but it was you know i mean the iron cheek winning the gimmick battle royal is still something that makes sense compared to a lot of other people that were in that match i think yeah i think to today's generation he's fondly remembered to be the guy that says just crazy things in all caps on twitter and you know he seemed like a um a cool enough dude in that regard. Probably gone some, at least by his own admission, got up to some really crazy stuff during the 80s. But then again, every basically every wrestler did. So. <laughs> uh, the stories of some of those things with Sheik and, uh, you know, some car ride things and 
even just like, you know, I mean, Rob mentioned the art video stuff. Go back and check out Iron Sheik, even past when he's retired. And it is so entertaining to just hear him talk. And, you know, he could talk about like a completely mundane thing. And it's fun to listen to because he's just a fun, bombastic character. So definitely one of the greats gone. Um but let's talk about one more match because, you know, when this stuff happens, I usually try to tie some stuff into it. And we already had our main event for this week. And of course, um, you know, we weren't just going to add another one in there, but we're doing that now. And we could technically just say like, all right, next week, let's do superstar scores uh, for, for him or whatever. We currently have plans to do fan ounce table of money in the bank. And, you know, maybe we, if we are feeling more iron cheeky, we, uh, more iron cheeky. That's a verb, I guess, or an adjective. Uh, then maybe we will kind of do like a superstar scores or something, but we also are not from that era. So it would be a little hard for us to kind of judge those in ring skills and all, but we can do one more match for him. And this is a discussion that for anybody who doesn't know what one more match is about, it's essentially if you could get somebody that they can come back and they can have a program with someone, they could have one match at like a WrestleMania, like a big farewell match that, you know, it's kind of inspired by Christian's whole, I just want one more match type thing. And we have done various different ones of the past. We've had uh, Eddie Guerrero. We had uh, China. We had, uh, I believe Shawn Michaels might've been one that we had done. I think we had picked yes. like Kevin Owens for him. Yep. Um, the most recent one that we had done actually was kind of a part of a combination thing where it was the one more match and wrestling with the past and the WWE hall of fame. And we kind of talked about some of those people like Andy Kaufman and all uh, triple H undertaker, Eddie Guerrero, uh, as I said before. So if iron Sheik could come back and if we could put him on the stage for WrestleMania and set up a feud for somebody in WWE and then yeah, maybe we'll talk about AEW and stuff. Who do you think would be the best possible opponent for him? Who would be the guy that you would want to see him feud with and either beat or probably more than likely lose to because Iron Cheek, you know, I mean, he was the character that you could probably have somebody beat him and it would still be okay. Are we ruling out him just beating up Hulk Hogan? Yeah, I, I wouldn't rule it out. You know, Hulk Hogan wants to have another match too. Why not? <laughs> it could be he gets his win over Hogan and then, you know, he's just like, yeah, you know what? See, I, I told you that he was a jabroni. Honestly, the, the Hogan stuff is the first thing that comes to mind. But if we're not, if we're going to try to be a little more original than that. I think I could see him. I, I want to think, oh, you know, Cody, because Cody's got the America thing going on. Because I really want to play to that whole America thing, because that's the main bulk of the Iron Sheik character. So maybe something like a Cody Rhodes. See, my first thought was John Cena. Because I could just picture him being like, fuck you, John Cena. <laughs> and, you know, having the same kind of patterns with Hogan, but at the same time, there's an argument to be made. If we've seen that all before, it might be interesting to see Hogan or see iron cheek against somebody completely different and see what he's able to do, you know, 
put him up against like an AJ Styles and be like, what would that feud be? Or, uh, you know, Kevin Owens or, you know, Chris Jericho or, you know, somebody who would be like, how does this person work with an Iron Sheik? <laughs> I'm imagining Rey Mysterio just running around, running circles around him and then he just gets dizzy and falls over. <laughs> two, three. Or like a Bobby Lashley where he's like, you know, I'm going to challenge you to, to see if you can do those or those things that he used to carry. Um, oh, the clubs, the clubs. Yeah. yeah. Where it was like, you know, this is to show my feats of strength and be like, you know, oh, Bobby Lashley thinks that he's like, you know, the almighty, whatever. He can't do this. <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's an argument to be made about some of those things. Anybody stand out to you, Callum, of potential one more match ideas? Nero. No, <laughs> Nero. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the battle of the camel clutches. Yeah. And I mean, he's Miro's funny, so they yeah. can have some fun around with that. I think the other one that stood out was Sami Zayn, because oh. they, they both speak Arabic, so they could cut promos in Arabic on each other as well as also you have the humorous side of it as well. And I think Sammy has great matches with pretty much anybody. Great comedy matches as well as actual wrestling matches. That would be a really good option too, yeah. There's so many people that I would want to see on like a tour of just not even having like a feud with Iron Sheik, but just having a segment, whether it's like The Miz or it's uh, you know, Chad Gable you know, having the shoosh thing with Iron Cheek and all having uh, the playoff of Iron Cheek with Matt Riddle reacting to him since the whole stoner character would just be like, what? You know, <laughs> and Seth Rollins could have some fun with that and all. But even like a Baron Corbett, I'd like to see what Iron Cheek would cut a promo against him. It would be heel and heel, so it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, out of the current roster, I think that I would probably lean towards john cena uh the cody rhodes thing i like that option quite a bit um but yeah I'd, I'd go john cena on the uh wwe side i really like that mirror suggestion on aew but aew's got some other options too your suggestion is fantastic i like the Sami Zayn idea as well um maybe even you know like i think kevin owens Mm-hmm. Could have some fun with him. Like, why are you here? The, the, the new self-aware Kevin Owens would have a lot of fun. Yeah. He's really good with that kind of character. I mean, Kevin Owens kind of one of those perpetual picks for one more match for us when we're talking about these things. But I mean, on the AEW side, there's, you know, we, you mentioned Miro, but there's also, I mentioned Chris Jericho would be a fun person to see him go up against. Uh, I could see, Iron Sheik having a lot of fun with Orange Cassidy in a weird way. Uh, I could see there being a really good match out of that too. Just Orange Cassidy, you know, doing his thing because Orange Cassidy's fantastic in the ring and, you know, you could have some fun with all that stuff. Maybe just for the sake of seeing how this would work out, like a John Moxley <laughs> or something. Um, or, you I know. I think I'd enjoy a Roman Reigns. Honestly, like a quick, you know, you're not the tribal chief, Bubba. <laughs> and then just, you know, he spars with Heyman a little bit on the mic. Yeah, Superman punch. And they could like play off the hold. You are not the ones. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you're our number one. <laughs> you know, like you see, like it would, it would be a lot of fun to see something like that. 
Brian Danielson, man. Uh, you know, have a match with Iron Sheik. I don't know. I'd watch it. Why not? Or even just seeing him interact with Angelo Parker and Matt Menard. You don't even have to put them in the, the ring together. Just have a backstage segment or something. A lot of fun options uh, for this theoretical. Um, we don't need to come to like a consensus thing. This was just kind of an impromptu one more match thing. But rest in peace to Iron Sheik. If you had any uh, suggestions of matches to watch or you know segments to follow or you want to talk about like his you know unintentional contributions to Botchamania, even you know he's kind of one of the faces of that brand in some ways. Leave in the comments below. Tell us your uh, your thoughts on on Iron Sheik here. Any other thoughts you guys have on that before we move on to the next thing? Yeah, just, just you know, honestly, rest in peace. Great character for from that era that really made professional wrestling. Yeah, not much more to add than just yeah, rest in peace and and I, I guess uh, Twitter in heaven has added some some white to to white, white to it. If that got Twitter's not in heaven, of course it's not. <laughs> oh twitter being heaven <laughs> yeah i what's think it's kind do? of the what's opposite place yeah. Yeah. What's, what's he gonna do there there must be some equivalent <laughs> yeah what would the heavenly equivalent of twitter be i don't know leave your thoughts in the comments <laughs> tell social us the name interaction like <laughs> genuine social interactions <laughs> with people that My aren't spice. toxic and hey. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right, so move on to some other hot tags that we have going on here. Um, you know, speaking of Iron Cheek, let's talk about Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter is upset with Lacey Evans for using the Cobra Clutch without his permission. And there's been some stories going on around now about that they had approached him about working with Lacey Evans to do some kind of like passing the torch thing. They, turn that down um sergeant slaughter's daughter apparently talking about like not being the biggest fan of lacey evans and all there's a thing that happened with uh, him retweeting about i don't know if he realized but it was like a thing about you know, chris benoit uh respected the business by asking jimmy snooker for the headbutt and all this stuff so it's bad twitter uh juju when it comes to that at the very least what do you guys feel about this whole sergeant slaughter lacey evans thing because i think that they had the potential for like seven different versions of Lacey Evans and they've botched every single one of them. And this one, the very first thing I thought when she came out with that hat on was this looks stupid. And then she of course <laughs> loses. And I am once again going, I kind of think Lacey Evans is one of those people that they just fully dropped the ball with. And maybe they should kind of stop trying. I don't think that's fair. And I don't even like Lacey Evans like that, but I, I don't think that that's fair, especially on this one. Like, really, bro? Get the fuck over it. Like, it, you mean you, slaughter, like, you, not me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, <laughs> Just to be sure. You invented the fucking Cobra Clutch. Like, come on. Enough of this. Did, did DiBiase ask you for permission <laughs> when he did the Million Dollar Dream? No. That's a different move. Like, Million dollar dream instead. <laughs> now, Very I'm, much the same move. I'm, uh, I'm of the opinion, of course, being an outsider, I'm not, you know, a, a former wrestler legend that can talk about it that way, but I've always thought 
it's kind of a little bit ridiculous that people go like, oh, you didn't ask me my permission for my finisher in this era because it's not quite the same as the territory where it's, you know, well, you're going around doing my move and stealing my gimmick around the same time. We're playing off, you know, we've got multiple nature boys and everything. And I think a gimmick is something that needs quote unquote permission more than a finisher because it's just how many people do a spear? How many people do a power bomb? You know, the, the super kick is not just a Shawn Michaels move. The sharpshooter is not just a Bret Hart move. And I personally think that maybe that's a little bit overblown, but I can also see a little bit of an argument of, Hey, you can't even just sort of you know, send me a quick text message and be like, Hey, Sarge, uh, they're thinking about using this move. And, just kind of wanted to get your opinion about it or we don't know if she did or didn't do that or what anything, but I could see kind of some both arguments. Callum, tell me how you don't care. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that you can be mad at Lacey Evans for. <laughs> the fact that I mean, I'll, I'll just kind of say it. She is, she has clearly got some opinions about how to look after, uh, look after her kids or look after other people's kids and then also in regards to whether autism is a real thing or not mm-hmm. um so i think that there are many things that you can point towards and say yeah you're a fucking idiot um but i think stealing the um stealing the camel no, stealing the cobra clutch should i say is not one of those uh things it's a fucking move everyone does like there's probably like two well take so two dozen like there's probably hun- hundreds of wrestlers since soldiers thought used it they've used the cobra clutch in some fashion in a match he's supposed to call out every single one of them because just the fact that she wears like camo stuff because she was actually a marine rather than soldier slaughter who's a fake marine um but he I was in gi joe damn it yeah. <laughs> hey we're getting a yeah, crossover so movie he might even pop up in fucking transformers for all we know. <laughs> yeah so I, I just take the stance of it's the move get over it it's like why you should not be angry that someone is doing a move similar to you or has a gimmick similar to you. You what you're the first guy to be oh army man. That's the, that's the first he's the first ever <laughs> army man wrestler guy. Oh, he's the first ever army man. Mm. <laughs> Outside of wrestling. <laughs> but yeah, I just I think that he's being very petty about it. And I also uh, and again, maybe he he would prove me wrong. I also think that he's targeting her because she's a woman. I think Probably. that it's. I think it would be different if it was a. Because as I say, like there have been guys like Ted DiBiase that used it. And maybe that's because he was a peer as well, and he was a, a very good wrestler. But I think that it's also just due to the fact that it's like the whole visage of her with the the army fatigues and all that stuff. I think that there is maybe some sort of hidden resentment there. Again, I I'm not spoken to the guy. I don't know. Maybe I'm just throwing stuff out there just to for sake of doing it, but. I think that there's more indication of guys that have used an equivalent of the Cobra Clutch, Cobra Clutch, whether they've named it that or not, that hasn't caused any attention. And now there's a female wrestler doing it. And suddenly that's all everyone's talking about or what he's talking about at the very least. Impromptu finisher versus finisher. Best Cobra Clutch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Tibiasi. Um, the Amelia Dream is the best Cobra Clutch ever, period. See, I never liked that that was Tibiasi's finisher. Tibiasi always felt to me like he should have a pinfall move instead. But I don't know what that move would be, but yeah. he puts him to sleep. 
the million dollar tree. It's amazing. I love the name. That's fantastic. But, you know, I mean, he could also just, you know, go to sleep. It's a knockout move. You could have the million dollar dream be a some sort of knockout sort of thing. I have no idea what type of move would fit Ted DiBiase if he's not doing some kind of, I don't know, shining wizard or something. <laughs> but, you know. We just roll him up, roll him up and grab the ties. That seems to be like the two go to things to Ted DiBiase is either put him in the. The million dollar dream or just roll them up and pin them that's probably that's that's what a, a good heel wrestler would do i mean i liked how ted dibiase jr made that like turn it into a slam kind of thing i thought that, that was kind of better but now we're getting completely sidetracked here and talking about Ted DiBiase. nobody with. cares about this sergeant slaughter thing it's yeah i mean it'll, it'll, it'll be yeah <laughs> like it'll be swept under the rug in a couple of days anyway it's just you know just I mean, another <laughs> another case of just a bitter old wrestler just needing to get one more chance of the spotlight and seize an opportunity of doing so well let's like, be honest it's going to be swept under the rug a little bit in a few days anyway because that's what happens with every single Lacey evans character that she's had oh, like yeah. four different yeah. resurgence returns that have lasted two and a half weeks so <laughs> I mean, yeah, realistically, like, when has anyone even thought about or talked about Soldier's Slaughter in the past several years or so? It's like now, now he sees his opportunity and he gets a few headlines for a week or two, and so good for him. Hmm. So, let's talk about another thing that's going on here. This is, uh, you know, if we're talking about you know, the army men, the military, all that stuff, let's talk about Captain America. Look at that transition. Captain America New World Order, which is, of course, starring, uh, you know, Anthony Mackie and Harrison Ford and all these massive people is also including Seth Rollins. And we mentioned before that he is going to be a member of the Serpent Society. We now have confirmation that he is playing Cobra. That's what's the person I was kind of assuming that he was, but also that they've changed the title. Is there a clutch involved here? there might be you know it'd be kind of funny if in the movie it ends up being like he does something like the cobra clutch and then it's like i didn't ask for my fucking permission you know um but yeah they've changed the title from captain america new world order to captain america brave new world and one of the immediate reactions that i had seen online was people just tweeting out nwo stuff and being like Oh no, they changed the title because we kept doing all these memes and stuff, which of course that's not the case. They, I'm sure they changed the title because they thought that brave new world would get better metrics or that that fits the theme of the movie better or, you know, whatever. I don't think that they're sitting there going, we don't want people posting Hulk Hogan gifts to this. I had also seen that there was a rumor that one of the potential options they were playing around with was calling it Captain America world war Hulks. And they ended up not doing that. Brave new world is, uh, yeah, it's got a that's uh history behind that kind of phrasing and you know that's kind of a fun name but uh New World Order was going to be an even more fun thing to tie into pro wrestling and you know I you know get some NWO type uh type of references here and there mentioning it partially cuz it's the Seth Rollins thing partially cuz it's NWO but if you are a big fan of Captain America and Marvel and all that stuff then you should be checking out fanboysanonymous.com where all the geek culture stuff and all the movie reviews and everything are going to be housed that's the blue brand that's the opposite of the smack talk and smart out moment side of things and if you go to Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Patreon and you know fanboysanonymous.com itself, you'll see plenty of different things when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's kind of one of my main, main focuses 
of uh, Fanboys Anonymous. But also, you should be paying attention to the Blueprint Project over there. And Captain America is one of the blueprints that I have done some work on. It's not something I've done as extensive work as like Spider-Man or Power Rangers or anything like that. For anybody that's interested, Absolute Power Rangers and Mighty Morphin Epic is the thing I'm talking about there. And also, stay tuned to The Batman, A Nighttime Story. And Chapter 5 is coming up. Whenever I get done editing it, but I recorded it last night for, you know, eight hours of that. And I am currently assuming it's going to be at least an hour and a half long video, if not a two hour long video, but we'll see how the editing process goes. So Captain America, uh, the brave new world, new world order side of things. Any thoughts you guys have on that or Seth Rollins playing Cobra or anything else to sort of carry over into that before we switch over to the next dot tag. I'm interested to see how this will affect his career because I remember Triple H was in Blade 3 and everybody was like, oh, he's going to be the next one to make the jump and he clearly didn't. But Rollins might have more of a determination to be in Hollywood. As far as the Brave New World thing, I don't have too much of an opinion other than New World Order would have been a lot more funny just for the wrestling aspect. I'm not going to watch it, so. No interest <laughs> at all? Not a big Captain America fan? I haven't watched a Marvel well, movie. I haven't watched a Marvel movie in like five years. Boo. <laughs> what, did you, what did you end with? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think. It's probably even longer than that. That's the last, that's the last one I've watched from start to finish. Oh, actually, um... I watched uh was it Spider-Man No Way Home. You're not you haven't seen Guardians 3 yet? I haven't watched Guardians 2. Guardians 2. Wow. You got to watch them. They're good. <laughs> I, I, I just like they they came to there were too many of them and I lost I lost interest in trying to catch up with one. Mm. I, I I do want to say I forget the actor that said this. But somebody had made a point to say, "Yeah, I grew up with the MCU and you know, I was just a little kid, and my parents were taking me to those movies. So the fact that we're there with the yeah, MCU that was, um, was pretty crazy. Oh, who did I, I sent that thing to you? Who was that? That was uh, I think it was like a blonde young girl. Was it no, it was Carpenter? um Sydney Sweeney was okay, the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, where it was like you know, oh, I grew up. My parents were always just wanting to watch the MCU, and it was like, fuck, come on, don't tell me that twenty right, something like, year old grew up with these movies, like. <laughs> And the truth is, like, Iron Man came out, what, was it 08 for Iron Man? So, yeah, like, yeah, 08. it does it We're not does check far out. off from it being 20 years old, which is, yeah. like, just, you know, <laughs> give me a news. <laughs> That's a different podcast. <laughs> That's an entirely different podcast. By the way, Cal, no, if you did see, uh, if you saw Into the Spider-Verse, you should definitely check out Across the Spider-Verse. That's really good. I hear that it's Really, really good. I'm sad I haven't seen it. It is. I, it's I, it's really fun. I never watched into this part of this, so you I recommend should. it 100. percent So uh, that's the comic book geek out section of the um, smack talk, which means let's get in the snack talk and talk about some food. What are you guys eating for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet. I did right just here. get a message from my wife about uh, think about what you want for dinner, <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to debate about that on this podcast quite yet. I don't know unless somebody else has any uh, thing in the comments, but let's talk about 
something related to New Japan and move over to something completely different here. We got Dominion just happened. We got the G1 Climax tournament announcements. Callum, take it away. (laughs) Ah, yes. Here we go. Okay, so Dominion. I watched that. Start to finish. Really good show for the most part. A couple of things I weren't too keen about, but for the most part, had a lot of fun. Uh, IWGP US title number one contenders match. Will Ospreay defeated Lance, Ar- Lance Archer, as we expected. Uh, a lot quicker than I expected the match to be. I think it only went about like less than 15 minutes. But they decided, okay, we've only got a short amount of time. We're just going to go like held for leather and had pulled out all their big spots and Will Ospreay got the victory. As expected, he's going to be challenging Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door. Bindles 2 is already shaping up to be the greatest wrestling card of all time. The two, two matches are booked on it, but I'm super excited for that. Um, it was apparently eight minutes, Ella. and uh, Archer had said that he yeah, had had some sort of a, like a shoulder injury or something, I think is what it was. He said that he was coming back from a triceps injury. Triceps, okay. So, he's yeah, he's only he hasn't wrestled very much this year, so maybe they were just trying to take it easy on him. But, but it, was still, it was still a fun match. He still pulled out a lot of his big stuff. I mean, he did a uh, cannonball off the um, off the uh, ring apron onto Osprey, so it was not like he was taking it easy. Uh, Lij's four members of Lij defeated four members of Just Five Guys. Just your standard multi-man tag match from New Japan. Nothing really to say there. Uh, catch two two the um, TJP and Francesco Akira of United Empire defeated. The intergalactic jet setters of Kushida and Kevin Knight. And so they uh, won back the junior heavyweight tag titles. Really, really fun match. I actually really enjoyed this. I know I'm not the biggest fan of the junior tag titles, but I thought the match was really good. And then Dan Maloney, who had been a newly christened member of uh, United Empire, turned on them and joined up with Bullet Club. Huh. Which is which is a recurring theme that we'll be talking about a lot of from Dominion. Uh, but so he's a new member of it, along with uh, Clark Connors, who was already he, he joined Bullet Club about a month or so ago, and now Dan Maloney's in there as well, and he won't be the last uh, new member of Bullet Club by the end of the show. Uh, new Japan World TV Championship: Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Jeff Cobb. I was surprised by the result. I I really thought Jeff Cobb was going to get the victory here, but again, really good match. Just they went a lot quicker than in their previous outing to make sure they didn't hit the fifteen minute time limit. And that got a a roll up pin to get the victory, and yeah, just a really good match. I'm interested to see what if if and if he does fight Vindor and who he'll be up against, because seemingly that title will be on the line then. I think if we're just guessing here. I'd like to suggest Orange Cassidy. Well, you go title for title. Yeah, just go. No title for title. I, I, I doubt you. That, Get Zack Sabre Jr. onto more AEW programming. I would, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't uh, hedge my bets on that, but, uh, but I'm, I'm definitely up to seeing the match. I think that's uh, a possibility because he's on like every Ring of Honor show. So oh yeah, why not I'm just... be surprised that he he'd be on more shows, but I just don't think that he's losing the title. Like Orange Cassidy's losing the title to him because he's not actually signed with AEW. And like realistically, eight. Hey, well, we'll talk about Orange Cassidy when we get to the. Dynamite stuff, but he's held the title for so long that surely you'd want it to an AEW guy to win the title to capitalize off that momentum. I think if Tony does one of his surprise announcements that they signed Zack Sabre Jr., nobody will be mad. Oh, no. 
Um, they had the both the IWGP and New Japan Strong tag titles were won by Bishamon, as expected. They defeated uh, House of Torture and United Empire in what was comfortably well. I'd say comfortably, it was what it was one of the worst matches on the show, and that's because Evil and New Joe Takahashi were in it, and the House of Torture, and so that all sucks. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the right team won. The actual good team, the, the best team out of all the three ones, that was good. And then they were attacked uh, post match by two new members of Bullet Club, Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd. The now a christened the name Bullet Club War Dogs. So. Is that a so, yeah. new name, or is that like a repurposing name? Oh no, no, that's just the that's just the new name for these two. Okay. So Alex Coughlin is a uh, was a member of like the LA Dojo, so coming up through New Japan Strong and. That was Kid, wasn't he? Uh, Kid kind of well, Kid's uh obviously he's a British wrestler. He did go through. He went through both the New Japan and then went to LA Dojo after that. So, um, he had to take a a sabbatical from wrestling for about year or so because of uh, mental health issues but he's back and he's looking really good and yeah bullet club is looking very different in japan now compared to obviously you still have bullet club gold over in AEW, but the it's a very new look and a very um it's a very young edition of bullet club which has got a lot of people on the fence one way or the other uh then they announced all the new members of the new japan g1 climax uh so this year's edition which I'll run through now. To be fair, most of the people was who you'd expect them to be. So it's like nothing super special. Okada's in, obviously. Naito, Sonada, Will Ospreay, Tanahashi, David Finlay, Shota Umino. And Shota's Yoda. first one. Yoda. Hmm? Uh, Yoda Suji, right? He's in there. Yeah, Yoda Suji's in it. And Takagi, Takar- Ishii, of course, Tamatonga, Tungaloa, which is good because Tungaloa's been injured for a while so he's coming back into that so that's good hikuleo Hiroki goto yoshihashi toriano kenta zack Sam jr tai chi uh el fantasmo ren narita evil chase owens jeff cobb great okan aaron hanare and then there's the interesting ones which is uh well, the two people that i've mentioned that gabriel kid and alice coughlin are both going into it uh tm61 both members of that shane haste and mikey nichols well, Formerly TM61, but now obviously um, uh, just TMDK are both going into it. Uh, Yota Suji, and then the two most interesting ones. First, Kaito Kiyomiya, who might be super familiar to a lot of people, but he is essentially the ace of Noah. So, uh, like, basically, Noah's representative is going into the G1 climax for the first time, and he's been having a long running feud this year with Kazuchika Okada. So. I'm super excited to see them go up against each other. Presumably, they'll be in the same block. The blocks haven't been announced yet, so we just know the 32 names so far. And then the other one, which is, of course, the most interesting, is Eddie Kingston is going to be in the G1. Yep. Uh, that's so, a, yeah, not a name that I would have necessarily been like, okay, that's one of my go-to picks that'll be my prediction to be in there. I mean, it should be. I mean, he's the guy that's flat out admitted that Japanese wrestling is the greatest wrestling on the earth. And I think if if, if he was to ever, you know, obviously he's with AEW and Ring of Honor or whatever configuration is, but I think if he had a choice, he would work for New Japan. He would have worked for New Japan or All Japan Pro Wrestling for his entire career if he could. Hmm. So I'm super excited for him to be in the G1. He's going to have great matches with whoever they pair him against. I hope they give him a good, good, um, a good block of people to compete against but i'm definitely going to be watching every single one of his matches 
Uh, back to the Dominion card, we had David Finley versus El Fantasmo, which was the other bad match of the night. Uh, yeah, just again, just it's all Bullet Club BS, and I don't think David Finley was that great, and Fantasmo was fine, but it, it wasn't a super fun match for the Openweight Championship. Uh, the Junior Heavyweight Championship, uh, Hiromi Takahashi defeated Master Watto to retain the title. Um, I, w- I was down on this because I just don't think Master Watto was great going into it, but he kind of proved me wrong in this. I thought he was actually very good, and it was a very, very good match. And I think that it almost convinced me that Master Watto will one day be the Junior Heavyweight Champion, just not today. Almost. Um, almost. Okay. I think, I think he'll get there at some point, maybe, but... Uh, Takashi's definitely the, the top guy there now. And I want him to defend the title against Darby Allen at that Forbidden Door, please. <laughs> that that is my <laughs> that is my that is my aim for that one. Mm-hmm. Um Never Open White Six Man Tag Team Championship, which almost didn't happen because uh Claudio Castagnoli had trouble getting to the uh the arena because of a flight delay. Yeah, they had to like move the card around, right? Yeah, so this this came this was originally supposed to come before the junior heavyweight title match. It came afterwards, but he did turn up. What does it for uh, Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi to defeat John Moxley, Claudio, and Shota Umino to retain the six man tag titles? It was a very, very fun match, as you'd expect. Like, Claudio did the big swing on Okada for about 30 seconds. That was fun. Uh, they managed to get the victory when Okada hit the Rainmaker on Umino. But then the most interesting thing afterwards was the video that played with Brian Danielson challenging Okada for a match at Forbidden Door. It is you- accepted. We're getting that match at Forbidden Door. Which, of yes. course, yeah, one of the main reasons why Callum was saying earlier that this is already shaping up to be fucking fantastic, because there's no way that that match is going to suck. It's got two matches booked, and it's it's a Carter versus Danielson and Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay too. It's like, that's it. That's all you need. The rest of it can just be filler. Yeah, I so would it's... really hate to be on that card. Like, I would not yeah. want to be on that show. Um, and no, you should be the opener and then just be like... All right, everybody, uh, you know, hey, I'm on the same show as this. Everybody's going to watch the pay-per-view and then see my match, too, you know? Imagine if they bookend it with those matches. One of them's the opener, one of them's the main event. Yeah, then I I would actively fight if I was (laughs) employed by one of those companies. I'd I'd want to be on that card. Even if people don't remember my match, I get to be on that. I I said I, I was part of that card where those two matches happened. And then uh, the f- main event was the world title match with Sonada defended the title against uh, Yota Suji, uh, successfully retained. Uh, Yota's a star. Just he, he will be the next Tanahashi yeah. or Okada. He'll be the next top guy. Amen. New Japan. Uh, didn't happen for him quite here. I kind of hoped that it did because he, his performance was just so good that I thought, okay, just crown him here. Like, this is, like, strap the rocket to him, see what he can do. But they decided to stick with Sonada, which I think is the safe option going into the G1. So Sonada won't be defending his title for a while because of the G1 taking place. And obviously he's competing in it. And yeah, that was the end of the show. That's a like really good show. Not Obviously not as good as a Wrestle Kingdom this past year, but still a fun watch. And yeah, we've seen ramifications both for the G1 Climax coming up, which starts in uh, July. Uh, July 15th is the first show, and then, yeah, it has ramifications for what we'll see at Forbidden Door as well. So if you had to guess right now, who do you think is going to win the G1? Um, out of all the options, I'd say it's going to be Naito. What makes you because, go with him? 
because he, Sonata was part of LIJ and left, and Naito's the head of LIJ. So that's that's just like a, a means to set up that kind of more personal feud. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I mean, again, it it fully depends on a lot of factors because it also a lot of it depends on whether Tanada will be the champion going into Wrestle Kingdom, which I'm I'm kind of like very very hesitant about because he's not a top top name. But if they want to make him a top name, then the first thing you have to do is give him a Wrestle Kingdom main event or have him be in a title match at Wrestle Kingdom. If you are really convinced that this guy is going to be like one of your next top guys, then you need to give him that uh, opportunity. So if Naito does win, then it means that I'm fully confident saying, yep, okay, they're doing Naito Sonata in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, if Naito doesn't win, I'm going to presume that Naito and Sonata will be in the same block and Sonata will lose a match to Naito and then we'll have to defend the title against him before Forbidden Door, not Forbidden Door, before Wrestle Kingdom. And, uh, yeah, and maybe he'll lose a the title there. And then and then it would be one of the more obvious picks. But realistically, the only obvious picks in these ones are Okada, Naito, Osprey, and Tanahashi. All the rest of them are very uh, uh, long odds, I'd say. Do you think that they'll give one more G1 win to Tanahashi? Or did he get that? When he beat Omega, I'd say that's, I, I'd be very unlikely that Tanahashi wins. He's just, I mean, he's always going to be Tanahashi, and so that's always going to work for him. But if you just watch his current body of work, he doesn't have it anymore in ring. He's still still better than most, but he's slow. He's a lot more uh, lethargic in the ring. He does just he just does his spots. He's hidden more in tag team matches. That's why he's a six man tag team champion right now. So I'm I'm actually surprised that he's going to go into this G1. This is his twenty second consecutive G1. Yeah, twenty two years in a row. So wow. I I I would be um I'd be incredibly surprised that if he was the one to win this one. Now I'm going to the- say. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, if you got some to follow up, because I was going to ask you a different type of question. I'm going to say that Naito is champion going into Wrestle Kingdom, and Yoda wins the G1 and takes it off. That's kind of actually where I was going to go. Was Does Sonata, because I don't, don't really fully know how the G1 works. I know that obviously like this is a tournament that's going to last a while. It's the whole like you know, super... Uh, not just like a quick uh, kind of tournament. They do the whole um, points and system and all. But does Sonata have another title defense before Wrestle Kingdom? Or is it essentially like, oh, you're good for half the year now? So this is, so this is how it will work, essentially. So what the G1 is going to be this year is going to be the same format as last year, which is going to be four blocks of eight people. And they're all... When, the all the eight blocks, it's all in, all in the four blocks. All eight people are going to wrestle each other. It's going to go round robin. They pick up points. The four people that win the blocks go into a semi final and then a final. So how this works in between now and Wrestle Kingdom is that if Sonata gets pinned at any point, that person who pins him will get a shot at the title before Wrestle Kingdom. It's it's, it's actually just how New Japan works. It's like if a champion ever gets pinned in any match that's non-title, 
the person that pinned him gets a title shot. That's how everything should work, but that's another story. So they yeah. could potentially do like Naito against Sonata because Naito pinned him in some kind of a six-man tag or something along those lines. And then maybe even come back around to giving this to Yoda and having it be like, uh, he lost at Dominion, but he went through the climax to earn another shot. And then now we're going to put the belt on him, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, yeah, and it's, like it's, it's all down to the whims of Gado and what he thinks is the best thing to do. I've, I say, I think that Yotsuchi could definitely win. I think he's going to have a good showing on this, but I would, I'd be surprised if he wins because I think they'll just use this as an opportunity to build him up, and I think they're going to do a bit more of a gradual thing with him. Maybe give it's him like, like the Intercontinental title or something, or not that, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I blanked on the uh, United States title or you know, like one of those kind of things, like um, some supplemental thing, and then kind of work its way up. I still think his first title will probably be the world title. Just think it might be sometime next year instead. Just not Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe next year's Dominion. Who knows? But, yeah, I'd say at the moment, I I, I doubt Okada wins this because he won the last two. I mean, they could go three in a row, but I don't think that they need Okada to be in the main event of this show. I think I think Okada's going to face Kiyomiya at Wrestle Kingdom 1-on-1. Uh, personally, just because of the way they've been building up throughout the last year or so, and they had a match in Noah and Okada won there, so I think they'll have Kiyomiya beat him at Wrestle Kingdom. But that's, yeah, and Okada's been a little shithead about it too. Like, yeah, well, Okada's rubbing it in. Okada's journey at the moment, like his current character is a guy who just hates the new young up and coming guys. Like he's hmm. been feuding with Kiyomiya, who's kind of the young, the young ace of Noah. He's been like teeing off with Shota Rumino and Ren Narita and he's you know that eventually he's gonna get in Suji's face as well. Like he's a guy that just hates young guys coming through. So that's the character they're building for him. Um Osprey would be interesting, but if Osprey again it, it fully depends on what happens at Forbidden Door. But and he has he's never won the G one, so it might be a good opportunity to do that. Of course if Sonada was booked to win the G1, then he gets to choose his opponent at Wrestle Kingdom. In which case, I think he'd pick Night Hill. Yeah, he would, yeah. Oh, well, actually, <laughs> Nobody ever he... just goes like, I'm going to pick this uh, this young lion. or like. Uh... Well, well, actually, he said at the end of the, because they, um, at the end of every uh, pay-per-view, they have the the, the t- person who wins the main event gets to cut a promo to show the, uh, to send the crowd away, just like to, just like, just get the card promo for the crowd. And he basically intimated that if he wins the G1, he's going to uh, give Tai Chi the main event in Wrestle Kingdom. Be like, I oh, challenge red a- shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of well, interesting. Well, Tai Chi's the other, is the other guy in, the other top heavyweight guy in Just Five Guys. So it would make sense. But it also very much points to the fact that Sonata's not winning the G1 this year. <laughs> but um, yeah. And I'd say at the moment I'm pointing towards Naito just based on the people that have uh, been uh, been announced. But who knows? Maybe this is the there's a lot of like debut entries this year, so maybe this is the time that Gato goes a little bit wild with who he chooses to win. But we'll know more once the blocks are announced. They're going to be announced tomorrow. So there's uh, your New Japan fix for the week. Let's talk about WWE partnering up with Twitch. They've after how many years of this kind of 
dancing around this whole thing it was was the start pre-pandemic and all right like yeah yeah so they've decided to finally do some kind of a partnership with them that is going to kind of further that connection point between them they're going to do like watch along kind of parties on top of that and you know i mean i don't think that this is going to really affect a lot of people but it's a good thing for the other people that were having their Twitch accounts and all that there's like some more stability to it and they don't have to worry about, you know, switching over back again to, you can't do this. And we, you know, there's no means to make this extra money on the side or all they cleared up some of that stuff before, but now that there's a firm partnership in place, maybe there could be some more fun opportunities there. I'm not a real big Twitch person. I don't really go on there for any means. And, uh, yeah, wouldn't really necessarily be watching somebody just play a game anyway, unless it was somebody that I had the free time to listen to and they were somebody particularly interesting. And I was playing a game that was particularly interesting, but you guys uh, excited about any of these kind of partnership things that might go down in the future. I think it's only right. I think first of all, this is the partnership side of things shows where endeavor could kind of fit in and, you know, help because we've seen the obnoxious like Mike's Harder Limited things at WrestleMania and stuff like that. And this is good for the talent. Like, it's time. The world isn't what it was. You have to have these kinds of partnerships. Sorry. Um, I'm a big fan. Thumbs up. Um, I mean, in on general, in general, this is a good thing. I still feel a little bit icky about the whole thing because I just think, you know, the wrestlers should just be allowed to stream if they want to. That would be ideal. WWE should be, yeah. And WWE should not take a slice of the stuff. If WWE's got the relationship with Twitch and they're also doing these watch parties on top of, you know, their superstars, if they if they so choose to also being able to stream and just make money off of it themselves, then yeah, that's totally cool. But I just feel like this is the this is their middle ground approach. It's like, okay, we'll give you what you want as long as we get our cut of it. So, yeah, I'm... I, but hopefully it is like more of a positive than that. But then also I've seen a lot of the stuff talked about Twitch recently and uh, that's not. Super oh, they walked either, that back so. real quick. They, yeah, no. I've never seen a brand walk back their policy so quick. So essentially Twitch had come out with this policy that generally said, hey, outside of the ads that we run, we're not going to allow like in stream sponsorships. Like, let's just say Rocket League. The Rocket League Championship Series presented by uh, Mobile One or whatever. They wouldn't allow that. And everybody said, if this goes through, we're leaving the platform. Yeah, because fuck you. They they walked that shit back so quick. It was actually really refreshing to see. Like, cool, we didn't let this get out of hand. It was like one day they announced it. The next day it was already done. You know, that we need more of that because there's things like... Twitter starts charging this absurd amount of money for the API and then Reddit's like, oh, us too. <laughs> we will charge, you know, an absorbent amount of money to get people into, you know, giving us a little bit of that taste and all. We need to tell these corporations to just knock the fuck off and stop being little bitches. But uh, that's news to me. I didn't know that they had even done that. That was how quick 
that went in and out of the media cycle from my perspective. I well, didn't fairness, hear about it whatsoever. You had to deal with the fact that the sky was yellow for you. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's cleared up a little bit more now. Apparently, the um, breathing condition conditions are slightly better. But, um, yeah, post-apocalypse is... Every week, there's another thing, you know? It's, every month, there's a brand new crazy thing, and then every week, there's another twist to it. So, who knows what we get for next week's hot tags. This, this week, it's guest starring, you can't breathe outside. Remember those masks you wore a couple years ago? Well, you know, you could use those again. Those are useful, right? They're back in punk form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the sequel to the N95. Like, Goddamn, I hate this world. But um, let's talk about this rumor. I don't have too much to say about this right now. We'll talk about it a little bit more down the line. But current rumor right now for Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar is that they will have one of the main event matches in SummerSlam and that it'll be a bull rope match because they want to do a gimmick, which, I mean, that makes sense. You have their previous matches and you need to build to something else. You throw a gimmick in there. It spices things up. I had seen some rumors that they were potentially thinking about doing a dog collar match. And a bull yeah. rope match is effectively very similar. So that fits the gimmick a little bit more with Cody Rhodes and trying to offset, you know, if you didn't want to necessarily do a dog collar, then you do this. And it's this that chain match, strap match type of thing. And it could be some fun. First of all, I like the idea of Cody versus Brock at SummerSlam. Because I still think Cody Rhodes should win Money in the Bank and cash it on Roman in Madison Square Garden, but I'm not going to go there outside of just going there. Um, I like the <laughs> idea of a bull rope match, but I would have preferred the dog collar, personally. Because it's a bit more vicious. It feels like Brock could have a lot of fun. But I'm also not a big fan of, like, really, all Cody's done since getting back there is work with Rollins, get injured, have this comeback story, and then do three matches with Brock. Like, I'm not loving that, but I also just want Cody to win things. Now, he'll beat so, Gunther for the World Heavyweight Championship. I mean, shut yeah. up. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> Come back to this in a couple of months. <laughs> What do you think at the, bull, at the uh, bull rip match idea, Callum? Something that you were interested in seeing, or you think they should go with another gimmick? I mean, I mean it, it's probably fine. I think that it might be some good spots for Lesnar to like pull him around a lot with the the bull rope and fl- fling him about the place. It'd be quite cool if they did a spot where like he hits a German like belly to belly or a German suplex on him, and he's keeping hold of the bull rope and he pulls him back into every German suplex afterwards. That could be. Oh, fun. that'd be well, that's fun. Like and something that like Cody could use to like choke out Lesnar a bit, and then uh, hit the like the crossroads. And obviously, you only win after three crossroads, so that's mm-hmm. that's the secret. But um, but yeah, the only thing I'd hope for this is that it's not a bull right match where you have to touch all four corners to win. Oh, those are so cheeky. You know, I could see them doing that if they wanted to have Brock lose and not take another pinfall. But I would much, much rather prefer he chokes him out, hits a crossroads, and pins him. Yeah. yeah how about this? How, how about have? Yeah. How about this? Have like your top baby face win a match clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like just win in dominant fashion. Yeah. 
Yeah, having beat a guy who's super well established in dominant fashion with in with like in a free count in the middle of the ring and just move on. And yeah. you know what? He's he's so much more over it after that. Who not, who who would have thought? <laughs> you can't do that. You got to have them uh, give them more diversity, right? Or not diversity, yeah, adversity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more diversity. <laughs> well, Cody you're right, you're is... right. Cody should be having the bull rap match against Omos. That's the right. They wouldn't take Roman like five times to beat Lesnar. Like, one on one. We don't talk no, about like, the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns feud anymore. <laughs> you know, like, and even at that, he only beat Lesnar by pinfall two out of like twenty five times. So, mm. you know, I guess there's layers to this. <laughs> All righty, so let's talk about the last of the hot tags that are separate from the TV talk, and talk about what happened last week on SmackDown and tie that into some stuff that's going to happen this week on SmackDown and stuff. Last week, we knew that there was going to be a new celebration championship situation with Roman Reigns and that he would be, you know, the thousand celebration uh, for the title reign and all, but we didn't see yet a picture of the championship. Now we've seen it. So let's get our reactions here. The new undisputed WWE Universal Championship, which was it's one of the other things that's like, is this their mission in WWE right now is to make things kind of complicated and confusing as far as these championship belts? Yes. Because we, as I said before, we've currently got the NXT women's tag team champions are on the main roster. They didn't need to vacate the titles, but the NXT women's champion needed to the NXT UK heritage cup had disappeared for all this time. And then they brought it back. It's the NXT heritage cup. They just acted like it doesn't matter that it was gone for something like 95 days or, you know, actually, no, it was more than that. Pretty sure the whole women's tag team situation with Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, that was all like a total mess and all. Asuka and Rhea Ripley are on the opposite brands of their Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships and all. And we get the third world title of the World Heavyweight Championship, which isn't the World Heavyweight Championship from before or the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So let's make it even more confusing and have Roman Reigns, the WWE Champion and Universal Champion. They are still distinctly keeping them as two separate title reigns, which I feel is two parts. Number one being that just adds to his overall time as a champion because it's doubling up. And I don't think that they want to get rid of the WWE championship or the universal championship. It's just a matter of, I uh, put both belts on Roman. We don't want to do anything different now, but they gave him a title belt for the undisputed championship. And so far they've updated the website where he has one picture of just holding that belt yet the little slider at the bottom of the page has the universal championship and the WWE championship. So first things first, the title belt design, it is, if you haven't seen it yet, it's, you know, we call it at this point, it's basically the same, except they tweaked two colors. They, and they switched obviously the underneath it says undisputed champion, the backing to it is 
instead of the blue or the black strap, it's a gold backing with a black strap behind that and all. And the WWE logo, instead of being the pure like white version of that, is that they sort of did the inverted thing that you would do on Photoshop and have these little like black stones in there. I think it is kind of ugly, but it could be a lot worse. I look at the WWE championship, the black strap with the red swoosh and all. I think that that's, you know, a fantastic belt. A lot of people disagree with me, but I think that looks better, but this is okay. Well, I already know where Callum is going, so I'll save him for the end and say that I actually, the more time I spend with it, the more I like the idea that it's got a gold surrounding. I feel like this is a Triple H move in the sense that Triple H is like, no, the gold needs to be pronounced. I don't like watching gold member. I like gold. (laughs) Eh, He's from Holland. (laughs) Um. I don't like that it says undisputed title on it. Undisputed champion? Or undisputed champion, yeah. That to me says one thing. They had this fucking belt ready last year. And just decided, like they did with the Usos, that it looks cooler to have all of these belts. Instead of just, let's present him with a new undisputed title. Because now it's stupid, because it's a fucking belt that's the undisputed champion... But it's not undisputed because there's another champion. What are we doing? I don't know. I don't know why we do this. Like you couldn't have it redone to say universal. Or like you said, if you had this last year, have him hold the undisputed championship for however many months until you create this extra belt. Or maybe just don't create the extra belt and just split the titles and then WWE championship could have been a thing. You know, it makes me appreciate the Raw title a little bit more because, again, as this one shows, they could have literally just said, it's the same belt, but we changed the colors. And they didn't. So that gets a thumbs up for me. As far as this belt design, I think it's like number two for me of all of these designs. I put the Undisputed, uh, the Universal Championship with the red and the blue straps. They're kind of like on the same tier underneath this and then the main regular world title would be the best the one that's the black strap like the yeah, wwe it's championship the black one strap, yeah it's just i don't know the colors work so much better that way i think i've never been a big fan of the red strap or the blue strap the blue strap looks odd to me with yeah the red clashing and all now i know that oh, Callum is not a fan of the big wwe logo in the center so you already hate it for that purpose but what do you think about like the uh the gold backing to it i think it looks really cheap i think uh it's 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 on the same but it's just like full of gold but i think the fact that it's it, it's like overcompensating you know like how certain people drive f- fancy cars because they've got small penises it feels yeah. like but <laughs> <laughs> It feels like like him wearing this makes me feel like Roman's got a small penis. That's kind of <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not so much the big dog anymore, at least in mm. my in my estimation. With the one uh, inches. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I don't know. Just I think that it's they're going really over the top with the the gold plating. It, it just the design itself. I've never been a big fan of. I just think it's just too plain. Like it's like it doesn't come across as 
I mean, maybe like it's corporate and it's professional in that regard and it's uniform and maybe that's like good things for certain people. With me, it just it lacks character and just adding gold over it doesn't make up for that fact. I think it still just looks it just makes it look a lot more gaudy and a lot more like kind of icky almost like that it's it's trying too hard to be wow this is super cool and amazing like this to signify that you've held those tiles so long and so we have to give you something that's extra special to commemorize it and it's just like it's way too shiny and tacky see i think that if they were to have the kind of gold backing that's just behind the wwe logo if that were just a little darker and then they had the um the WWE logo itself was like that white standard kind of one that this would look a lot better and then it would be probably even more of a favorite to me than the uh the current like the WWE one with the black strap and all I think that makes quite a bit of a difference but I was nervous that this was going to be some completely different championship belt design and since I had seen this uh whole setup of like the new tag team titles that don't really look all that great but they're still an upgrade i was a little bit worried that that it was going to be like hey they might gonna they might switch it over and do something kind of like that because that one have you guys seen that design by the way which is like no. seemingly confirmed at this point no i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. so there was a leak that had happened before that showed these two different designs one of them was let me see if i can find it for you guys um leaked tag team titles design uh this leak had shown what turned out to be this undisputed championship funny enough and also a set of tag titles and all right here we go here's the uh here's at least one picture of it i'll show it to you guys in our skype chat here this seems to be what they're going to go with for the tag titles whenever they announce this thing which <laughs> when the hell are going to get around to that uh maybe as soon as monday for certain it pretty much could um and it's there's some elements that are similar to the current ones there's some things that are different i think it's an upgrade it's, still but it's an upgrade but it's it's not much of an upgrade more of a lateral move than an upgrade like i I do kind of wish they were changing the shape, but yeah, I don't like the round things. I've said that before. It looks like the 24 seven championship in some ways. And, but getting rid of the little Sentinel Spartan heads and replacing it with a big WWE logo and then keeping every other element exactly the same, not the way that I would have done it, especially because it doesn't look like they're side plates again, which there's just like a problem where they're just sort of like, Hey, we don't want tag team titles to have side plates because we don't want to produce double the amount of the same thing or cause it's so obvious. You just have one person on the one side and one person on the other side. There you go. You have Sami Zayn on the left and Kevin Owens on the right. It's, it's fine. But this undisputed championship does not seemingly replace the titles as far as like, okay, well we're just fully, combining them now and there's no WWE championship and there's no universal championship and how that's going to play into the future. But there's also been another announcement that Asuka is going to have a new championship celebration. That's the way that they're wording it on the website. It says right now, uh, 
Asuka to be presented with a new WWE Women's Championship. Tonight on SmackDown, we will have a WWE Championship presentation. The WWE Universe will be waiting with bated breath to see how Asuka reacts and what the new design will look like. What first of all, do you guys think we're getting? <laughs> first of all, I like that they're just leaning into it now. They're just like, yep, and everybody's going to be excited about what is it going to look like. I want to add to that by reading a report from Fightful that says in a tweet promoting the presentation, WWE called it the WWE Women's Championship as opposed to the Raw Women's Championship. When we reached out to WWE sources, we were told this wasn't an accident and some clarify that the situation should be Oh, sorry. And some clarity to the situation should be provided tonight. The source confirmed that there have long been conversations as to how to simplify the title belts appearing on different brands that they are assigned to. We've been told that the decision to have that happen occurred after Ronda Rousey made it clear she'd rather be in the tag division. We've heard that updated title belts were at least discussed. Wait, so how does Ronda fact into this? Because Ronda's all they care about. Yeah, because Ronda probably said this is fucking stupid. Yeah. Nobody can make heads or tails of this. Do something. And then they said, you know what? We should we should do something. <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, then good on Ronda for saying what everybody else in the fucking world's been saying and bringing it to their attention where they could pay attention to it, but... I yeah. mean, Ronda, Ronda and she, and she, does a lot and she's of not problematic like Naomi or Sasha Banks. So she's fine with doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Ronda says a lot of stupid things, but she's also been quick to call WWE out on their shit. It seems, and you know, good for her. I I do eagerly anticipate what this new belt will look like. I assume we'll get the same thing on Monday for Rhea, and I'm looking forward to it. It's about damn time. Like. It was going on almost three months of like, what are they doing with the belts? And we've talked about that ad nauseum of like, why the hell are they not just having them swap or why did they not draft people differently and all? But I guess maybe the reason why was just because they don't plan on calling the, the raw SmackDown championships and stuff anymore. And I mean, if that's the case, then maybe they should be starting to look around at the tag titles and all, too. But if they're calling this the WWE Women's Championship, that in and of itself is interesting, because what do you call the other one? The Women's Championship. You can't just have two WWE Women's Championships with no distinction whatsoever. You got to have something a little bit different. (laughs) Oh, contraire, I think you can do whatever the fuck you want when you're them. And I kind of feel like they're going to simplify it. And it's not the worst idea in the world. I would prefer a different name. Like, yeah, can't call them divas because they went out of their way to make that a dirty word. Um, I see, I could, I could see them saying, okay, on Monday Night Raw, Rhea Ripley is going to be presented with the WWE Women's Universal Championship. Well, you'd flip it. If Roman's on back then with the universal title, I would, that's how I would do it. Like the raw gets all the world or actually, I guess in this case, because the raw women's championship is the one that carries over the lineage of the WWE women's championship and all. 
Yeah, in this case, you call you call this the WWE Women's Champion, mm-hmm. and, and then, then you call Rhea the Women's World Champion, and then you're done. Everything on Raw is the world, like like it used to be, Callum, where everything on Raw is the world. There's no WWE distinction, and then everything on SmackDown is the WWE. Could be that Women's World Championship, and then the Women's Championship, which just like the tag team titles will go back to the World Tag Team Titles and the WWE Tag Team Titles. Not my favorite uh, option. I I don't like World being the distinction there. I actually like Universal well, the being only, more than that, but I don't like that either. So the only reason I feel like that's definitely where they're going to go is they go out of their way to make sure they never call Seth Rollins the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He's just world heavyweight champion i would assume that they're gonna probably do something with the rhea thing but keeping it on the uh on the oscar train the name itself what do you think alan don't care <laughs> all righty well uh well, g- given given what they've said i think they're going to call it the wwe women's title and there may even be clarification as soon as tonight that they're going to give Rhea the World Women's Championship. I hope that they say something, or at the very least, if they say something heading into Raw uh, in the next few days. But they, of course, are talking about, hey, what's the design going to be? And then you got to assume, based off of the other championships, that it's going to have a big WWE logo in the center of it. And it might just be as simple as the same design that we have now, except they get rid of the red and then you switch the little, like the titling at the bottom of it doesn't say Raw Women's Championship and whatever. It could just be that. And maybe I they think, just I give think it. I think we should consider strongly that it's just Roman's belt with a white strap. It could very easily be that. It wouldn't shock me at all. And that's, you know, that that's some synergy between those brand things. So that wouldn't be super ugly in my mind. I still wouldn't really like it as much as if you had some other designs, but I've never really liked the raw and SmackDown women's championships exactly the way that they are. Because to me, there's just a slight off kind of element to the way that they have, like the raw women's championship has the red with the red swoosh. And then the SmackDown wants the blue with the bread. I, I don't think that that clashes all that well. Um, but we'll get that kind of tonight. And then, you know, we'll obviously we'll talk about our reactions to that next week on hot tags and see what's going on with, if they announce anything with Rhea, if they clarify anything with the raw and SmackDown tag team championships and all, or anything along those belts situations, but some other things that are happening on SmackDown tonight that have been announced that we could talk about this transition into our TV talk. The preview for tonight has not only the Oscar thing, it's got the fallout for the Usos hold bs that i'm not all super that interested in as much as they want me to be uh meet chin is going to go up against bailey and santos escobar will go up against mustafa ali and butch will go up against baron corbin in money in the bank qualifying matches as well as shotzi against eo sky so predictions you guys have okay real quick baron corbin's on nxt so he's not winning yep butch beats him um- <laughs> Mustafa like Ali's in NXT, win. so I would assume Santos Escobar, same thing. Same thing. Uh, I would like to see Meechin win just for some fresh blood, but I feel like Bailey should probably be in line in the bank. I think Bailey as well. 
and for that matter, I think EO Sky beats Shotzi, and it's like yeah, EO, EO and Bailey are fighting at some point in Money in the Bank. Yeah, and then Bailey doesn't allow EO to win, and that's the official rift of damage control, and damage control is no more. That's how I'm thinking. Any other alternative predictions to that, Callum? Or any, uh, you know, you're like, oh man, I really want a champion for Mustafali to win. Any shred <laughs> of care, Callum. <laughs> Uh, no, I, w- I would just go with the same results that you guys did. That that's I don't, I don't see any different results. So let's go back talk about what happened on Monday Night Raw, NXT, and Dynamite. Monday Night Raw, as far as you know, we're not going to talk about every single thing. Like we each week, we just kind of run down what things really matter all that much. But we had some stuff with Rollins kicking off the show and setting up Damian Priest having a title match for later on, and he showed a lot of respect to Seth Rollins saying you are deserving champion and everything. And I don't need to have Finn Balor and Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley by my side to beat you later on. Of course, later on in the night, Seth Rollins retains over Damian priest and Finn Balor had been ringside priest was wondering what he was doing there. I think that the best course of action here, and it might be where they're going. It might not. I want Damian Priest to leave Judgment Day and get replaced by J.D. McDonough. I, yeah, I didn't watch Raw. I'll put that out there. Obviously, I wasn't home. But I didn't see it. Um, I don't think that's a good idea. Not right now. Like, they're just finally finding a nice groove in Judgment Day. I wouldn't want to see Priest leave them right now. See, I could see Priest leaving, though, because I feel like he's the one that is the least involved in that groove. It's mostly Rhea and Dominic and then Finn kind of being the de facto leader. Priest doesn't really serve much of a role as much anymore. He's not the tough guy because that's kind of Rhea in a lot of ways. And he's not like the funny one. That's Dominic. And he's not the leader because it's Finn. So he's kind of just being overlooked. He's the muscle. <laughs> but see, that's where Rhea comes in, I think, more so than anything. They've had her fighting men. <laughs> they've had her slamming people and, you know, intimidating men left and right. I just feel like well, Priest on his own could serve himself a little bit better, and McDonough needs a little something. But anyway, that's me. I agree. McDonough needs to be put right next to Finn Balor. So that you never get over the fact that they're so damn similar. Yeah. Well, he trained him, so that's also a reason to be like, you know, oh, I'm going to bring in a former protege of mine, and he's clearly got this character that's, you know, wants to be all sadistic and torture people and all. So that, that would work. Besides, why do you want Edge and Damien Priest to continue feuding with the Judgment Day? Well, Priest could feud with like McDonough and stuff, but where does Edge come in there? Because he'll he'll reconcile and just say, I've seen the error of my ways, I apologize, and then we'll get a summer effect. <laughs> Hope not, God. I don't need that anymore. And before um, anyone says the draft, my argument to you is Paul Heyman's been on SmackDown every I mean been on Raw every week since being drafted to SmackDown. <laughs> oh, so, this firm brand split that we had gotten that was you know, well it's it's definitely going to take effect after backlash and then immediately after backlash. Yeah, by the way, the SmackDown people are also going to be in this tournament for the Raw title. And by the way, the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships are they're on the opposite brands. And oh, by the way, AJ Styles is popping up in here. Oh, and by the way, it's like, you know, they, they they just said a big fuck you to that. Um, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey retained the women's tag team titles over Kaden Carter and Katana Chance. Uh, 
Shinsuke beat Ricochet just in a you know, match because they're both in the Money in the Bank. They had a whole thing with Miz and Miz TV and Cody Rhodes and Dominic and all. Zoe Stark beat Natalia and Becky Lynch beat Sonya Deville to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder matches. Or the one ladder match for, for the two women um, there. Not too much else to talk about on that front. Pretty much is what it is. NXT, we got the second appearance in the ring of Ava from Schism, and that was a thing. Uh, Baron Corbin uh, is basically going to be feuding with Ilya Dragunov coming up in the future. They're going to have a match next week. Blair Davenport beat Danny Palmer. Um, Corbin had beaten Trick Williams, for anybody who wants to know about that. Von Wagner is interested in his hot blonde chick therapist. That's the angle of he rejects all of them. And then of course this woman pops up and he's like, oh, maybe I'll give that a shot. I, you know what? NXT with its random seemingly inspired by porn. As, as you've said before, NXT is super horny. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I made the joke of, Oh, they clearly found her on better hump. And it's just like, I like it. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's funny. I think Von Wagner making a stupid, goofy face, but he saw her is funny. So <laughs> I'm glad. Finally, come Tuesday is here. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it is come Tuesday. I hope that they play into that and say something along those lines. They've called attention to the whole come Tuesday thing on the air, so you know. Well, isn't it like it's kind of a continuation of the storyline because wasn't his whole thing that he was super hot for Maxine Dupree and he would just beat anybody up for looking at her. They didn't really get into the idea that he had a thing for her, but he was just beating people up that looked at her. She would just walk by and he was like, Oh, I'm going to fight him now for you. Yeah. So going back to that, well, and switching it up a little bit, a lot of women that are in like the performance center and everything popped up on this episode. Her being one of them, the Cavender twins apparently were the, some of the ones that were holding up Thea Hale, who won the number one contenders battle Royal, which means that she is, I guess now the youngest person to ever have a title match. I think that's how General? they're, they're billing it. Yeah. Cause she's 19. The youngest woman. Cause Kenny extra won the tag team titles at 19. She might be like younger 19. I don't know. <laughs> younger <laughs> like, okay. like, you know, like not as into being 19 as he was or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she's apparently making history doing that. I don't think Kenny Dykstra is the youngest champion anyway. Well, Nicholas. Well, Nicholas now. That's true. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, I, I was actually talking about uh, Renee Dupree is actually the youngest champion outside of Nicholas. Of oh, was he 18? No, he was 19 as well. Oh, just, but, just the younger 19? But he was 19 when he won the tag titles the first time. Well, nobody's going to beat the Nicholas record, that's for sure. Well, no, I mean, it's I, legal. It's technically, legal I guess, uh, Maria was pregnant when she was the 24-7 champion. So That's right. And one of those babies is the youngest champion. Yeah. That's, uh, try to break that record Weird. at some point, everybody. <laughs> also... Yeah, the, the best thing to happen in the week of pro wrestling, for sure. Scripps beat Davocado. <laughs> you know what, Tony? 
Honestly, I feel like if I was home, we would have made a dark cast about this. Because despite the fact that Navicato is big. And Scripps is not. not, He got the win. I hated this. I thought this was so stupid. But I'm glad that they had him beat the shit out of them afterward. Because Scripps get like a, you know, a roll up. And then immediately afterward, Navicato just like, you know, tosses him around. And then he tosses him around. Street name is Scripps or whatever the fuck they're going with. Why, Why do we care? Well, the thing is, we don't. <laughs> why, why, why are we supposed to care about Tommy Reginald, the sommelier, Nia Jax's ex, can do flippy dippy doos? It's called scripts. What are we do? What are we doing? <laughs> what is this? That was his name before, right, Reginald Thomas? Yeah, because he, they, Carmella came in, and called him Tommy. The next week, they were like, "Oh, he's Reginald Thomas." They shortened that to Reggie. And then changed it to scripts because that's the name that he had when he was growing up. <laughs> and then he suddenly had it was the focal point of a SmackDown Women's Championship feud that headlined WrestleMania. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Reginald Reggie scripts script, Tommy, Tommy Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Dynamite. Uh, I had seen little bits and pieces of this episode, but I was doing quite a bit of other things so i i missed a good portion of it but uh calm you want to take uh, the reins for this and fill us in a lot better than what i would <laughs> um would you talk about a little bit of breaking news before that oh what do we have they canceled young rock yeah they canceled yeah nbc oh. canceled young rock after three seasons well you know uh yeah fuck it <laughs> <laughs> the show was interesting for the parts where they showed the wrestlers and then everything else for that was not really all that good so no. dude buck had is- fuck the rock up right <laughs> like he's, everything's going bad for dwine since then tell you i mean if you work on the movie for like 11 years and it sucks that bad then you know then he karma. is he is dialing the con like hey hey Philadelphia. <laughs> so that Roman <laughs> match, I think I could be ring ready. <laughs> I think we could do it. <laughs> and then they should change Roman's name to Chad Frost. And Roman Reigns should beat the shit out of him. That'd be great. Or just have the guy that's Chad Frost beat him in the ring and be like, you know what? It's not even having the Rock and Roman match. But yeah, that was just a little thing. Over to Dynamite then. Uh... Orange Cassidy successfully defended the International Championship against Swerve Strickland. Really fun match, as you'd expect between these two, and somewhat surprising result, because I think a lot of people expected Swerve to be the guy to beat Cassidy, because the rain's... But the rain is continuing, so... Yeah, yeah I really expected Cassidy to drop it. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah, kind of much- expecting it, too, and when I saw that that match ended the way that, that it did, I was just like, okay, but you know what? Here we go again with I guess the next person's going to be Orange Cat. This is a great title reign. Yeah. And then you have uh, had Mogul Embassy come out afterwards to um, to put a bit of an attack on Orange Cassidy. And they were chased off by Darby Allen and Sting. And next week we're going to have an eight-man tag between all members of the Mogul Embassy against Cassidy, Sting, Darby Allen, and Keith Lee. Are you serious? That sounds amazing. Yep. That sounds like something that should not be happening, but like AEW continues to be this e-fed that Tony Khan books, so of course it's happening. At a preview, well, as I say preview, a little bit of a, a warm-up for Forbidden Door with um, Blackpool Combat Club taking on Chaos 
of uh, best friends in Rocky Romero. Well, yeah, just why, why aren't they called the Three Amigos? Just, just a thought. Maybe they're just yeah. three guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's just what Jed said. I had um, Danielson on commentary talking about the Akada match as well, and. Yeah, Blackpool Combat Club got the win, and then they also announced that next week it's going to be Blackpool Combat Club in trio's match against the Hung Bucks of Adam Page and the Young Bucks. <laughs> so yeah, they're stacking next week's show a bit. Um, then you had... I think they're, they're, they're trying to make this show feel really special for next week because it's in Washington, D.C., and they always talk about the fact that that's the, that was the place that had the first ever episode of Dynamite, so they always feel special going there. Um, they had an MJF promo where MJF cut a promo and he was interrupted by Adam Cole, and so they went over back and forth. This went way too long. And, Interesting. Uh, and I'm, uh, yeah, a lot of people seem to like it. I, I mean, I liked it, but for the most part, I'm just thinking, yeah, Adam Cole doesn't really deserve to be in this position and his current performances. So you're, so I, I saw a lot of like, oh wow, oh my god, what a great segment. You're saying it went on too long. Judging by my Twitter timeline, it went on way too long because people are talking about it still going for a good 10, 15 minutes. Uh, Righteous Reg of Grapsity kind of said, we've seen this before with Max. It's like wash, rinse, and repeat. He just does the same thing with everybody he works with. I can kind of see that point, even without having seen the promo. Because we know what Max does. Yeah, it's just the usual stick where, like, he we, he spent, spent uh, like the first portion of it talking about how big of a fan of Cole he was and how he'd seen his rise through Ring of Honor and CZW and then going over to Florida and shocking the system there. And but then it started going into you know the subtle stuff that only really hardcore mm-hmm. wrestling fans care yeah. about is like Keith oh, Lee's manager and all. Yeah. And how Vince McMahon didn't see anything in him because he's too small, and how uh, Britt Baker's got his balls in his purse, and all that stuff. And now he's a Twitch streamer. It said that he was a virgin golem, which makes me feel like was Gollum just a virgin himself? But that's kind of no. Nah, there's deleted that. scenes where he was just slaying. <laughs> <laughs> he fucked the ring. Yeah. Uh, he's got um, a lot of preciouses around. <laughs> yeah. But um. But yeah, then Cole just fell back. Basically, said the body work. Oh, they also did the carrying cross line as well. Oh, you want to make MJF uh, feel special, ring the bell kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That. So um, Cole did that. He basically intimated that uh, Jeff does steroids. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were like up in arms. Like, oh my God, I never thought about it. Does MJF do steroids? It's like, I think people claim to be smart. They say one thing and you're just like, oh my God, wow. <laughs> Is MJF doing steroids? Sorry, that's my that's about all I can add because all I saw was Twitter reactions to this, but that one seemed to really strike a lot of people. Like, hey, wait, does MJF do stir? I just hey, thought that, that was a weird thing to throw out there because, like, he's not the most muscular, you know, kind of guy. Where it's like, all right, you look at him and you go, "Wow, what a roided up dude!" And then, what do you get out of it? You know, it was an odd choice to nothing. It's. It sounds like it was a lot of like buzzword, buzzword, pop yeah. the internet. And look, I love Adam Cole. That's not a secret. And I think MJF is great. But I think there might be a reason we're rushing this and yep. just doing it next week. 
Yeah, so well, the one difference is that it's not just going to lead to even more like promo segments or Adam Cole having to go through hoops to challenge MJF because they're just having a title eliminating match next week. So does Adam Cole beat him? Yep, and probably. Then set up for whatever pay per view. I would assume yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine he's going to win. I kind of um, imagine that they're just going to get this out of the way and somebody's going to cost Adam the match and they'll move on. Do that kind of a setup for Forbidden Door, maybe. Although, yeah, I mean, I'm still firmly the belief that MJF's not working for Bindor. No, he's not. Yeah. Because he hates, he hates, his character hates New Japan, so. Um, so and yeah, that, that could even that. be their way of doing it, too. They could be like, well, you're getting basically Cole versus him on TV, and then, you know, we'll move on after that and start building towards All In. Mm. Uh, had uh, Jack, uh, Jack Perry and Hook, Jungle Hook, if you want to call him that, Against um, the faction in Goblin Arbles, uh, Preston Vance and Jalistico in a Texas Tornado tag match. Bit of blood, bit of weapons being run around. Jungle Hook get the victory. Yeah, it was, it was fine. Nothing super memorable. But I think it's just building towards the inevitable Jack Perry turning on Hook and going off to the FTW Championship. Mm-hmm. No, can't that just be his birthright? Can <laughs> we just leave it with him and Jack Perry can go do something else? Like... Well, this is good. I, this is this is, like he needs to turn heel, and he no, needs he definitely to, does. And but he he also said that he wants to win the championship, and this is the most viable championship for him to go after right now. I think I, I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about how this is going to progress. I think you keep him as a tag team for like a couple of months. They get one shot at the tag titles. They lose. Jack Perry snaps, and then he goes after the FTW championship. Just simple and effective. I, I'll let it play out. Also, uh, by the new Jungle Hook. Pride shirt at shopaew.com and uh, do some good. The the proceeds go to charity. I was wondering I why, why you were plugging old. that. I'm like, you got cut of the proceeds or something? <laughs> I, I, I don't know why that's the only act they're doing for this treatment, but okay. Go go ahead. Everybody, all you jungle hookers, go nuts. <laughs> uh, they had to catch to come out and squash So that's was looks- fucking Gollum then. <laughs> all those <laughs> jungle hookers. <laughs> <laughs> Kester came out and squashed someone who looks remarkably like Sean Spears, but wasn't Sean Spears. I really thought he was Sean Spears. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. funny. Because uh, like I had been like fast forwarding for commercial break or something, and then I'm like, oh wait, Sean Spears. Wait, wait, no, that's not him. What the fuck is this guy? Was this John Damon something or whatever? Yeah, it was no name jobber guy, wherever he was, and uh, it was mainly just you know Kester gets a dominant win. I was against Damon Ace apparently. Damon Ace. Yeah. yeah, thought it was Damon something. Uh, and then Dog Callis cut another promo where he's getting booed out of the building. <laughs> this act is this act's going well and looking forward to whenever Takeshita and Omega get that one-on-one match, but I assume that'll be somewhere down the road. Uh, then Chris Statlander defended the TBS Championship for the second time in two weeks against Anna Jay this time. And, you know, okay match. Nothing special. Gets the victory. Ty, Ty Valkyrie still watching sideways on an, at a TV screen. So... Mm. Uh, <laughs> to challenge her at some point. But She's got her good uh, grr reaction. I didn't like that at all. There was some other stuff as well. There's, there's uh, Christian Cage uh, and uh, Luchasaurus attacked Brock Anderson backstage and left him bleeding. So I guess Luchasaurus is going to be taking on Wardlow next for the TNT Championship. Okay. Uh, Tony Storm uh, challenged... Oh, so there's going to be a there's a fatal four way match on Rampage where Tony Storm will be defending the AEW Women's Championship. 
if you don't want spoilers then then shut your ears for the next like 15 seconds or so but uh she's gonna be facing sky blue thank you i, I did not know that really i mean could have at least given her mercedes or something like i think, I think sky it, blue we've already seen it i think it's playing off the fact of that uh double or nothing press conference that she said where she said oh give me a like asked who do you want to face a bin door said oh give me sky blue or give me uh stardom's version of sky blue and i'll just beat the shit out of them but maybe they're just saying okay we'll give you the real sky blue here and then well we can get into that a little bit about how um everyone was potentially excited about the stardom superstar the stardom wrestler coming over and potentially fighting for the women's title or having some called sort of stardom influence uh, Stardom has a show on the same day as Forbidden Door. Womp womp. And all the big stars have been booked on it, including Kyrie, who's a freelancer. Ooh. Ooh. So, so yeah. does that take Mercedes out of there? Well, no, no, well, the well, ankle injured. took Mercedes. The, yeah, 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 yeah. the ankle injury takes her out of that. So She wouldn't um, be ready, because I had seen things before that wasn't as bad as it seemed like it was. No, but she's Everybody definitely seems not. to be talking about it like... There, there were talks, but once the ankle injury happened, there were no longer talks. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess that, I mean, it, do, it doesn't completely rule it out, but I think it's unlikely they're going to pull one of the stars they've already announced for a show in Japan to appear on this show. So so I guess if we are having a women's match at Vindor, it will just be an AEW women's match. So like last year's. Unless they get some kind of other freelancer or some other name in to do it instead. Naomi. Uh, <laughs> Alicia. F- okay. <laughs> uh, then you had the main event, Ricky Stark against Jay White. Jay White gets the victory. Thanks to... Uh, how, did, how did it end, Tony? You watched how it, How did it end, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it ended the way, same way that uh, every other episode ends. It cuts to the next TV show. Yeah. So... <laughs> So Austin and Colton Gunn came out when the referee was taken down, thanks to um, Ricky had gotten Jay White up for the Rochambeau, and but when he was hitting it, he managed to hit the referee at the same time. Uh, it's, it's just another example of Paul Turner absolutely sucking at his job. Oh, they all suck. Oh, by the he, way, for the context of the though. joke, everybody, it's because I completely forgot the ending of this match when yeah. we were before we started recording. <laughs> I, I just realized people will be like, "The fuck is this?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot that this had even happened. <laughs> So Austin and Colin Gunn came out while the referee was down. And they hit, uh, they hit um, J- uh, Starks with their uh, iteration of the three um, D. Whether I don't know what they uh, call it, but it's the Shatter Machine like complete shot thing that they do. Yeah. So yeah, that allowed Jay White to hit the Blade Runner and get the victory. So I imagine that what this means is that. The Bullet Club Gold faction is growing, and Austin and Colton Gunn are the new, I guess, the resident tag team of that group. Are they going to, like, I don't want to rip this apart too much, because, like, maybe they're looking at it like, oh, the New Age Outlaws join DX. But if I had to pick and choose, I'd say Finley did a better job of recruiting for Bullet Club this week than Jay White did. You know, like, I... It would, it would depend very much on the so on your perspective of it, really, because I, I saw a lot of uh, people on Twitter basically saying, "Oh, Bullet Club's dead." Like these guys are joining these these young guys, and no one realistically has heard too much about. They're all just young lions. Hey, that's how Bullet Club like started. Like I think that's a good. I'm pretty sure Carl Anderson and um, well, Prince yeah, but were pretty well established by the time and, 
and Tama Tonga and stuff like that. Oh yeah, but like, I mean, people forget. Like, oh, people may not want, may may wish they could forget. But Austin Cotton got a former AEW Tag Team Champions. They're not like, they're not like just two young guys they plucked yeah, out of nowhere and just said for that entire run. It was kind of like, damn, they're still the tag team champions. Yeah, when are we I moving think, on? I think they're a good tag team, and now they're you know they're seconds to Jay White, and so that's. This is just about giving Jay White a crew to build around himself for him to be a main event star, which I think that the guns can just perfectly suit suit the role of. Uh, I think we should also mention that on this show, as part of uh, his on-running series of big announcements, <laughs> uh, Tony Starks revealed that the main event of the first episode of Collision is going to be a trios match pitting Samoa Joe, Jay White and Juice Robinson against FTR and CM Punk. Tony Didn't Stark want to cut said you that? off there, but you said Tony Stark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we both got it. We're both waiting for. Yeah, Tony Stark. There's a lot of names going around. <laughs> Good old Ricky yeah. Khan. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Khan. But but yeah, it's just a uh, yeah. Khan announced the main event of Collision. I guess it's an like he's just trying to build up the anticipation. I I can't imagine what the announcement will be next week. I imagine it'll be the full card for Collision because. I mean, if they do that, days afterwards. So, Uh, that is true. It's it's next week, isn't it? Yeah. So, wow. Okay. At this point, I'm kind of expecting Tony Khan to be like, "I've got another announcement." So, the day that Collision is going to debut, I plan on eating this for lunch. (laughs) Just sort of every single time, it's going to be another Collision-based announcement every week. Everybody makes fun of this. It's clear to me what they're doing. They're trying to use him as like a. Jack Tunney, you know, and I'm here to tell you, CM Punk will be in action. Yay. I think that and they're just desperate to sell tickets and they're kind of like, let's announce um, this, let's announce that, let's announce, oh, let's announce this. They try to get people like, you know. It's, it's not so much for this one because I think, well, like uh, the United Center's pretty much sold out already. It's not really, and like announcing this as the main event of the show isn't going to help sell the tickets that they're struggling to sell in Canada. So. I think this one was just again just to get a few more, just get build up a little bit more anticipation for the first show because I assume they want the first show to do a big number, then hopefully retain that as the weeks go by. But uh, yeah, that was it. It wasn't like an absolutely top range one. It definitely wasn't anywhere close to how good last week's Dynamite was, but uh, it was still a good show as it typically is. So, but looking forward to next week. Looks like they seem to be building up for something quite big. Yeah, very, very excited. And that's a breakdown of the whole hot tags that we got going on here. Of course, if we missed anything, drop your thoughts in the comments below. Carry that over into next week or something. And the main event for next week, the current plan is to do our uh, annual fan ounce table of a Money in the Bank ladder match. This one's going to be the 2013 one that was the All-Stars WWE Championship contract one, because we had done the other one before with uh, Damian Sandow. So we will record that at some point in the next few days. That'll be up on, I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when we end up recording that. So stay tuned for that. Go back and check out the previous things that we had done, like the Darkcast, for instance, where I had done my ultimate 128-man King of the Ring tournament, which was 
uh, a lot of fun to set up and um, kind of exhausting as well. I see that Adam had uh, posted on the Patreon thing that he definitely enjoyed that. So thank you, Adam, for checking that out. Thank you for uh, praising my choice of who wins that. I haven't told these guys um, how that works out. Uh, obviously, I don't want to I don't tell want them. you to tell me. I want you to send me a link to the, uh, to the file. And I want to listen to it myself. I'll have to do that and see what you guys think. Um, but uh, off the top of my head, though, I have to imagine Mabel wins the King of the Ring. <laughs> well, now it's interesting. Off the top of your head, who do you think I booked to win the Ultimate King of the Ring tournament, Callum? Um, scripts. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, at the last second, it turns out that uh, <laughs> even um, though he's not been in it, he's going to be added in the last second. I'd say that you go with. What is that? Like everybody that's ever been in a King of the Ring tournament? Yeah. Everyone who's been in there from the pay per view in 1993 onward. Okay. So not like Randy, not Savage Randy Savage or, yeah, or Haku or, yeah. Okay. I'd say then that you're going to go with. You go with Bret Hart to win. I'm actually, honest guess, I think you go with Owen. Hmm. All right. Well, you would be interested to figure out what's going on. And if you are, then go ahead and check out the dark cast for that. Go back and check out the last week main event and all the fantasy booking type stuff that we had done the mock draft side of those things with the, um, people that we did the last two episodes and all. And of course, stay tuned to everything else that's happening on tomorrowcatmoment.com. You know, we've got the different articles on there. We've got future podcasts coming up. Who knows what is in store for the future we got a you know whole set of pay-per-views that are going to be happening very soon forbidden doors coming up money in the banks coming up after that we're going to start getting into things like the mount rushmore of american pride wrestlers that'll be interesting to talk about sergeant slaughter again look at that <laughs> Hulk Hogan and such probably do some other kind of a dark cast based off of the heat of the moment tournament and maybe do a quick turnaround because we've never gotten a chance to do that yet. So we might talk about the hottest heels that are currently on the roster towards that beginning of July. Then I'm going to be out in Brazil for two weeks. But then after that, we got NXT's Great American Bash and SummerSlam and all. So a lot of pay-per-view content coming up soon. But in the meantime, we got Fan Ounce Table coming up before that. So stay tuned and check out everything at Smart Out Moment. Make sure that you're following, of course, fanboysanonymous.com. Make sure that you are doing all the things I mentioned with this marketplace, like the Patreon subscription and the Redbubble and Public merchandise. And if you're on YouTube, the channel membership, just click that join button. Also, though, be sure to go to anthonymango.com or amangotree.com and follow and like and share and favorite and whatever that is for all those different links, including my personal accounts at Tony Mango. And make sure you're following Rob and Callum. Yep, follow me everywhere at DudeFelice, DudeFelice.com. Forever coming soon. It should have launched by today, but we'll see how that goes. It should have launched by last year's. <laughs> well, that's, that's besides the point we're getting there. I want it today because it's 6 9, 69. Nice. <laughs> Gollum knows. <laughs> Gollum. You can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out the power rankings every week on smartcomoma.com where I rank the WWE wrestlers from 10 to 1. So check out who's uh, top of the rankings this week. And then you can also follow the Fantasy League, both on Smartcam Own and the WWEFantasyLeague.com and see which of our teams is picking up points as we move towards 
money in the bank and the next big change and teams coming up then. All right. So all that fantasy league stuff you can find, of course, there and everything else, of course, at smartcatmoment.com. So thank you for listening to this. Thank you for leaving your comments. If you've done that, if you haven't, then do it. And then the the thank you that I did isn't invalidated. (laughs) uh, Stay tuned for everything else that's happening, though. But we will see you next time. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we are being counted out. 